Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to chat with Steve Kyler, our friend from Basketball Insiders, coming up here momentarily, so stay tuned for that. We'll get Steve's thoughts on uh, the NBA's return and what's going on uh, out there right now, and uh, including stories like Nikola Jokic, uh, apparently uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, Gordon, but he's overseas, so that kind of complicates things. Yeah, and weren't weren't all the overseas guys supposed to be back by June fifteenth or something? They were before a week before the other guys, wasn't it? If I'm remembering that correctly. But apparently he tested positive uh, a week ago or five days yeah. ago. I think is what it said. Uh-huh. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now from Basketball Insiders, he's our friend Steve Kyler. Steve, how's it going? I am well, fellas. How are you? Hey, we are doing just great. Uh, excited about an NBA return as uh, the players signed off on it today. Your thoughts on uh, on the progress and your thoughts on how the NBA is trying to pull this off? Well, I, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit that, you know, there's no scenario of this that was good, right? It's all just versions of that. And how can we find the word, the, the best version of that that makes sense? And I think we're there. Like, it, it, I think the thing I've heard from players and certainly from executives is everybody understands what's truly at stake beyond, like, the obvious, right? Like, nobody wants to see anyone die or be seriously hurt from this. But then there's the reality that if they don't play games, they don't finish the season, it's going to trigger the nuclear option. It's going to trigger ESPN and Turner can void out of their, their, their deals. Why would they stay in those deals if they don't have to? The economy's changed radically. It probably blows up the CBA, which means everybody's contract that exists now probably goes away. You know, there's just all kinds of things that said we have to work together and figure this out. And I think what we started with was kind of like this vision this you know utopic kind of here's what we'll do we'll craft a bubble and then we started poking holes in the bubble and I think we've gotten to some realities that there are going to be things teams can control and influence and there will be things teams can't control and influence and I think all of it's out in the open there's no surprises the rank and file understand what it is and what the risks are um, and that if you're not comfortable with those risks you're not required to be there and you cannot be there without penalty and we've already seen is saying he's not going to be there. We've already started seeing teams talking to potential replacement players. So I think there's a reality base in all of this that says they're going to do the best they can do. And given how thorough they've been about it, I think I like where it's at. Where are you on a certain player deciding he isn't going to come back and then somebody else, another player, criticizing him for that? How do you feel about the scenario that uh, whatever your reason is, you don't have to. Well, one, I, I do think that, you know, that it kind of says some things, right? I think, two, if you're going to criticize, and, and this is the thing I've always liked about the NBA, is there are generally two things NBA players usually don't criticize each other over. That's their contract status and injuries. Because when it's your time to get your contract, you're going to want everything that's owed you. And when you're hurt, you don't want anybody kind of second-guessing you. So little surprise to see players kind of, you know, sniping each other a little bit. But the truth of it is, I think 
more so than anything, this is a personal choice that everybody's got to make because it's not normal. This isn't a normal thing. And we've already seen a player in the NBA community lose a family member to this, Carl Anthony Towns. That's real. We've seen players test positive for this and, and high-profile players, Nikola Jokic being the most recent to come out that, that he tested positive. That's real. Um, Mike Malone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, has said he tested positive. This is not an abstract thing that's happening to others. And and, you know, pre-existing conditions and your life balance. And, you know, it's not just you. It's your family members. It's your kids. You know, is this something you really want to put on the line for what is probably just monetary gain? So I don't think that, you know, it's right for anybody to judge. But I do think we live in a point in our society where we're very, very concerned about what other people are doing when really we should be concerned about what we're doing individually and let people make their own choices. But this is kind of the bubble we live in. Everybody wants to know what you think about somebody else's decisions um to me i don't necessarily think it's right you know the other thing about that is it's kind of a microcosm of society as a whole making these yep. decisions about starting the not letting the economy grind down but also seeing the uh the positive rate go up so it's it's kind of an, <laughs> a, a small little example of what everyone's experiencing yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, as much as we thought we did, I think we're seeing that this thing is a virus. Um, it's a very contagious virus, and there, the chance that you're going to get it, whether you're playing basketball or going to the grocery store, might be the same. Um, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of really smart epidemiologists and scientists come out and comment on the NBA's plan and saying it may be safer than being at home just because there's going to be so much more available testing, so much more control over access and what you're doing, so much more sanitation than maybe you're considering when you reach out and touch the doorknob at the grocery store. So I, I think that maybe we'll see this be better, but I think we've seen it. You, you've seen people who, who go, to go, go to the grocery store and get it. So you may not be safer being at home than playing. And if your life is playing and that's what you want to define yourself as, I don't think we should judge guys that want to do it. Steve Kyler is with us from Basketball Insiders. Switching gears a little bit, Steve. I want to ask you about the effect of having no home court and what impact that will have uh, uh, with what we'll see. And I, I just kind of my mind went down a wormhole today. Will series in the playoffs, for example, go by a lot quicker? Will we see fewer seven-game series because you no longer have that return game where you have all the energy uh, that the, the better team will win more often and probably more dominantly? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that because there's been a lot of data done about it, the idea of home court, and there is a very statistically relevant advantage to playing in your own building. I think you can think about it, right? The crowd's on your side. You're sleeping in your own bed. You've got your fans. You've got an environment that you play in more than any other. This is all foreign for everybody. It's a neutral site, so there's no baked-in advantage. It's going to be who comes in with rhythm and chemistry, and I think the teams that have been together for a while have an opportunity for that. I think the veteran teams are going to battle two things. One, those kind of soft tissue issues that come from prolonged rest and you're trying to jump back out. You think about how many guys have hamstring strains and quad strains in training camp because they go from zero to 100. Does that favor teams that are maybe right there in the middle with a roster that's 25 to 30 rather than a roster that's got older players? Um, I think coaching is going to matter a lot because there's not going to be the ability to maybe game referees or game the crowd in your favor. Um, then there's also the travel. You know, these guys aren't getting on a plane to 
go from point A to point B. They're going to jump on a tram and go back to their hotel and do the whole thing again. And the fact that there may not be as many days between games, how does that deal with recovery and fatigue? So I think there's just a whole lot of new variables uh, that are going to make all of this way more unpredictable. But I also think about certain players. You think about Joel Embiid from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. He's somebody who feeds off the crowd. He needs crowd. LeBron's been a crowd guy. You know, or you know, the moment you know in that you know electric two seconds, the crowd's going crazy. You know, you're not going to have that. So, you know, does that sway a guy into an all-star performance, or is that why he chokes? So, I think there's just a lot that's going to go into this that makes it different. But I also think we're going to see the game differently than most people have ever seen it. We're going to be on it because there's no fans. Um, we're talking about miking up players, so we'll hear more in-game conversation, which I think is going to be fun. So it'll be different, very much different. You know, a long time ago, it seemed like the closer you were to the basket, the more likely you were to to uh, to to be efficient offensively and be able to use the, that as a uh, as a real weapon against other teams. We had a guest on earlier this week who was saying suggesting that three point shooting teams will struggle a little bit because the three point percentages will be lower because you're starting up again. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, they, they say live by the three, die by the three, right? You know, that if you're one of these teams, you think about the Houston Rockets, it was a couple of years ago when they were just ripping through everybody and then they went ice cold in game six and ended up losing by double digits. You know, there is a reality that shooting is a rhythm. You know, you've got to be kind of there. And with the game being three-point or layups, you know, the teams that can make layups and drive. You know, I think, you know, teams that have real attacking guards that will get to the front of the rim – have an advantage. Teams that can play pick-and-roll basketball and have a big man that can roll and dive to the basket are going to have an advantage. I think some of the teams that opted more for shooting and not size are going to struggle. Um, but, I, again, I think, you, you know, you think about the Golden State Warriors a few years ago, they just never seemed to miss a shot from deep. And that's how the Rockets are built. That's how a lot of teams are built, that if they can get rhythm, if those rims and those sight lines, and that's the other thing, too, is, you know, I've been in both of the venues they were going to play in, they're not constructed like NBA arenas. The ceilings aren't nearly as high. The, the, the depth of field is different. Um, so it's going to be about who can adapt to this new environment that they've never played in. I mean, some of them have played in it when they've done AAU things and, and games like that, but you know, none of them have played in this environment. They're smaller. So it's going to change a lot in terms of just how players uh, you know, can kind of adapt to it. And I think it's smart that they're going to do training camp at these venues so that these guys can get used to the environment because I do think the environment will impact. Give us a team that uh, not enough people are talking about. Well, I think there are a couple of sneaky ones. You know, when you look at kind of the front runners with the Lakers and the, and the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, clearly I still think they're the front runners just from a talent and a depth point of view. But Philadelphia is going to be healthy. Orlando looks like they're going to be healthy. They're going to get Jonathan Isaac back. He was on the way to being a defensive player of the year. You know, so they're a team, and again, they're playing kind of in their their area. 
Um, you know, I think Sacramento is sneaky. I think a healthy New Orleans Pelicans team with Zion Williamson is sneaky. Um, I think um, the, Phil, or the Indiana Pacers getting Victor Oladipo back after a really prolonged rest is going to help them. Um, you know, I think about Utah. I think about the Clippers. Um, the, the best-kept secret in the NBA, especially in the Western Conference, was the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, they were really starting to figure some things out. Do they come in with kind of young, fresh legs and pick up where they left off? Um, but then the other part is how many guys are just really going to be super rusty because they haven't had access to facilities. But those are the teams I think really kind of jump out at me as, you know, Philly being healthy, you know, the Pelicans being healthy, and then maybe that, like I said, those soft issues, those soft tissue concerns of the older teams. Like if LeBron strains a hamstring, what does that mean for the Lakers? You know, if Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, has any type of an injury, what does that mean for, for Milwaukee? So, you know, I think injury is always a factor, but I think those kind of tweaky things that we see in training camp are going to be more real as we start to try to ramp this thing up fast. I'm going to break one of our rules here. Neither Jake nor I really like to talk about referees or and I haven't even thought about this until this interview right now, but I wonder if they'll be rusty. I wonder if we'll see more blown calls. Uh, there isn't much ramp up to playoffs, and we know how intense that can get. Yeah, and it's going to be a factor, and I think the one thing the NBA's got at their disposal is, you know, one, they're not having to shuttle, shuttle crews back and forth. They can reuse certain officials in ways that they probably wouldn't uh, in a normal playoff environment, because think about it, we've got usually four or five games going on at any given time, so the fact that you could reuse personnel every other night means you can have the best of the best on the floor. Uh, the NBA does a lot of tracking on referees, and I think that data is really going to inform that if you're not performing well in those first tune-up games, maybe you're not part of the playoff rotation. So these guys are going to go through their own level of training camp, and you know they're going to have a lot less stresses on them, right? I think the worst thing for officials is the home crowd, right? The home crowd with the refs, you suck. They're not going to have that anymore. So it's going to make their job less stressful, and maybe they'll be better at their job. They're not going to have to travel as much. They're going to have more recovery time, more time to look at game film. This is something I think most people don't understand, is that referees watch game film, too, to make sure that they're catching what players are doing in terms of the gray areas of the rule book. So maybe some of these things are better. The fact that you won't have the distraction of the crowd and they can just focus on the game, maybe that makes it better. So I think more of the, the situational things go in the advantage of the official than maybe not, because I do know personally a lot of officials they get caught up in what things are, are happening in the gym as much as they try not to. So it, it's just the two teams and the coaches, and I think they can manage that better. Steve, thank you very much for jumping on with us as always, and uh, keep up the good work. Anytime, my friends. You guys be well. Back at you. Our friend Steve Kyler from Basketball Insiders. And Gordon, I, I, I was glad to hear he thought that uh, the refereeing could actually get better in this situation because if it, I don't think it could get much worse. <laughs> so anything that makes this the, the, their job better, uh, good. You know, uh, so in our partnership here, uh, I'm thinking of the song by the Beatles with uh, McCartney and Lennon. I want to hold your hand. 
when McCartney Yellow Submarine was writing the words, everything is getting better and uh, better all the time. And Lennon wanted to insert and did insert the line. Couldn't get much worse or whatever it was. That's that's you. So you're the Lennon and I'm the McCartney. Well, as long as they stop calling fouls when James Harden is just breathed on. Uh, <laughs> whatever we got to do to do that, let's do that. Um, were there were there bad referees that were favoring uh, that kind of behavior more than 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 say some of the other refs? Uh, I don't know because I choose not to know their names. <laughs> it, okay. it bugs me that uh, that they become celebrities. Well, they are supposedly the best at what they do on the planet. They're not. They mean there's other refs who are better? Well, I'm sure if uh, somebody who got into rocket science decided to get into refereeing, they'd be better, yeah. How do you know that? Well, I don't, I suppose. But you're trying to tell me that that group of bozos is the best and the brightest? I don't know. Well, they're better than college refs. Well, that's saying a lot. They're better than international refs, aren't they? Uh, Are they? I don't know. I don't know enough about international refs. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Stay tuned. We have an update to the Bubba Wallace story. We will get to uh, coming up right around the corner. In fact, some uh, breaking news involving that story. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Action Plumbing. More straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Reed, who wanted this on a Total Request Tuesday. Small town songs. You can tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Gordon, we have an update on the Bubba Wallace noose situation from Talladega. Yeah, this is really strange to me, but go ahead with it. All right. So um, they discovered a noose in his garage on Sunday. And uh, it uh, on Monday, yesterday, they actually had a real big public showing of NASCAR pushing Bubba Wallace's car to its start position. Uh, Really, really uh, inspirational, I thought. But the FBI has released a statement about the situation. Gordon, you ready? Yeah. Says, on Monday, 15 FBI agents uh, conducted numerous interviews regarding the situation at Talladega Speedway, uh, Super Speedway. After a thorough review of the facts and evidence surrounding this event, we have concluded that no federal crime was committed. The FBI learned that Garage 4, where the noose was found, was assigned to Bubba Wallace last week. The investigation also revealed evidence, including authentic video confirmed by NASCAR, that the noose found in Garage Number 4 was in that garage as early as October 2019, although the noose is now known to have been in Garage Number 4 in 2019. Nobody could have known Mr. Wallace would be assigned to Garage Number 4 last week. The decision not to pursue federal charges is proper after reviewing all available facts and all applicable federal laws. We offer our thanks to NASCAR, Mr. Wallace, and everyone who cooperated with this investigation. Okay, so obviously a lot of questions arise out of that. 
I mean, what the heck was it doing there? And why has 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 it not been noticed before or at least taken down? And then who assigned him to that particular area? Oh, that that's a different thought than than I had on the sign who assigned him there. I mean, would they know whoever's assigning garages out that that particular item was in that garage? I don't know. That's that's an interesting thought. Here's here's the thought I had, Gordon. I I think this is really good news because what this means is uh, that nobody was threatening Wallace's life. I mean, if you think about it, if it's if it's the rogue racist that breaks into the garage to leave that message specifically for yeah. Bubba uh, Wallace, that's a threat on his life. I mean, right. that's that that is a really very serious thing outside of the the racial symbolism. I mean, that that is somebody coming into your space saying, "Not I could get here now, and I could get here again, and I'm yeah. sending you this message that I could do that." I mean, that that is awful that is yes. that is awful that is illegal and and that did not happen in this case which i think is is gr- that is a really really positive thing yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i i don't know about assigning garages but that's kind of the, the heck way is he I, doing I really there do. in the first place though jake some idiot must have put it there i i don't know I, why I'm not sure why would you I mean, why would you bring a Confederate battle flag to a race, Gordon? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, maybe the the irony of the inappropriateness is the reason they put it up there. I'm not trying to justify uh, I, any, I, anyone's look, behavior. I, I'm just glad that nobody was threatening Bubba Wallace's life. I think that's, at, that's the main takeaway. At no point have I ever thought that the, or would I think, that the Confederate battle flag is a good idea. But a noose... I mean that that that's that's taking it uh, to the nth degree, but what what's it doing in there? I mean, okay, so they found out that it wasn't specific to Bubba, but what what in the world was it doing there? And and if it had been there for over what over a year, uh, yeah, a since year Oct- so? October two thousand nineteen, okay, so, so not necessarily six a year, seven months, but, yeah, yeah, a, a, a sizable amount of time. What was it? What was it doing there in the first place? I, I don't uh, know. Let's see here. Here's NASCAR's statement that just came out. Uh, this is what NASCAR says. The FBI has completed its investigation at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been positioned there since early, uh, since as early as last fall. This was obviously well before the 43 team's arrival and garage assignment. We appreciate the FBI's quick and thorough investigation and are thankful to learn that this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. We remain steadfast in our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all who love racing. Hmm. So it was attached to the, the garage door handle. Okay. All right. Well, that uh, that does me, make me feel better, uh, and it must make NASCAR feel better. But uh, and hopefully, it makes Bubba feel better. I, I can't yeah. imagine looking all over your shoulder like that. You know, a lot. Uh, you brought up Jackie Robinson the other day, and I can imagine. You know, the fear mm-hmm. that uh, that things could go really seriously sideways at any moment. The the courage it would take to live with that fear twenty four seven. I, I hope this takes a little bit of that fear away from from Bubba Wallace because if if he truly felt somebody was sending a message like that, I can't yes. imagine how frightened I would be. Yeah, 
Yes. I mean, that's scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. So nothing nothing targeted, but uh, curious nonetheless, though. Uh, yeah, it's it, just stupid. Yeah. It's, just, it's just stupid. And this these these sorts of, sorts of things are, are to- tolerated in various communities, and it's not viewed maybe like it should be. Well, take the maybe out of there. It's not, it's not viewed like yes. it should be. Yeah, well so. said. Uh, and, and by the way, when this gets to the conversation we had yesterday about NASCAR, I, I like it that NASCAR is at the forefront of tackling some of these issues because I think their credibility is through the roof because they've got a lot to lose. So I, I think it sends a loud message when they are active uh, for, for tolerance and inclusion because the, you know a, a chunk of their fan base doesn't feel that way. So they'll feel that pinch financially but they're going to do the right thing anyway and that was that was demonstrated by you know everybody every driver every member of the crew every basically all of nascar pushing that uh that car to the starting point was a really you know that was a really inspirational and symbolic gesture and i don't think that that loses any sort of meeting meaning excuse me because of this news i i think that still remains a a powerful thing or at least i hope it does Best to be way out there looking and, and making sure that uh, and, and being on top of it, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, good, good, good on uh, NASCAR. Yep, absolutely good on NASCAR and good on those drivers. And, you know, hopefully Bubba Wallace can uh, continue and succeed in that world, because I, I think he will when history remembers him, I think we'll remember him as meaning a lot to that sport and actually our, our country and community. So he kind of. Uh, whether he chose it or not, he's becoming a, a real symbol uh, of this thing. So and, I he's, and he deals you, with it really. He's dealt with it really well so far. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw those drivers out there unified like that, I that made me feel better. Yep, I, I agree. mean that made me feel good that that there was that kind of solidarity for Bubba and and for and for good common sense, you know. Right. I agree. All right. We've got a Mountain America market update uh, coming up right around the corner. So make sure and stay tuned for that. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm on my way. I'm making it. I've got to make it show. goes out to Steve Johnson. Welcome on back. It's Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America market update. Real quick uh, before we get to that, we want to remind you we're going to be out at the warehouse in Orem coming up on Thursday, 2 to 6, 86 East University Parkway. Prices so low it will blow your mind. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's Mark Cabanilla with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing just great. Uh, tell us about those markets today. Yeah, so today the Dow Jones Industrial climbed 131 points, or 0.5%, so positive today. S&P rose as well, 0.4%. And the NASDAQ um, notched its eight straight gain, eight straight daily gain with 0.7% higher. That's led by a lot of these big tech stocks. So, positive day for the markets. So how is all this? Where are where is the market right now versus where it was uh, before the COVID nineteen uh, uh, situation? You know, I think we're getting pretty close to being so that the very 
top of the market was the S and P was at thirty three hundred. Right now we're about thirty one hundred. So oh wow, we're we're getting pretty close to where it was. I don't know what percentage that is off the top of my head, but we're, we're pretty close. So it's come back quite a bit. Any uh, advice today for our listeners? Yeah, actually, something I've been fo- um, thinking about a lot. Since a lot of us are, are kind of worried about financial things in the market, is to also remember about our physical health. Um, so research has demonstrated a clear correlation between stress about money and poor and physical and psychological health. So um, I'm doing something right now where I'm, I'm starting to learn how to jump rope. I wanna I wanna get out there and do some different exercises, and, and it's it's something that I think is really really important for a lot of us is to remember about our physical health in these times and making sure that you control those things and do those things that you can control like diet and exercise as well as saving so get out there and jump rope that's a great bit of advice thanks thanks mark yeah no problem that's mark cabanella from mountain america investment services and that is another mountain america market update The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. All right, there you go. Go get get your jump rope on, Gordon. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I imagine, isn't that what we always hear, that stress is really unhealthy? And uh, in our society, it seems like there are there's a whole lot more stress than there are in some cultures. Well, especially now, I would say so. Of course, now it's hard to blame anybody for anything. But uh, anyway, good idea to, uh, to exercise. Uh, it's always good advice. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm still not going to do it, though. <laughs> Come on, Jake, do it. No, I don't think so. That would sounds like well, a lot of work. It, well, yeah, by nature, it's healthy work, though. Well, you know. Can we, hey, Austin, let's talk him into it, because, Jake, we want you to stay stay well. Uh, yeah. You know. Do it, Jake. Thanks, Austin. Well, Austin doesn't sound overly... Uh, well, I'm not one to start telling people they should start working out. Yeah, right. I'm days. not all about shaming everybody in Are exercise. we going to have to do... Are no, we gonna Gordon, have you to work do out. It? I don't. And so I don't feel comfortable telling Jake, get off your fat lard. And well, I'm, thank you, I, Austin. Yeah, but I'm old, you know, so I need to. But uh, you guys are young. you got so much of life ahead of you. Uh, man, yeah. Let's. Uh, 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 this is something that you guys have heard of, maybe, but... Uh, Back in the year 2000, David James came to me and said, I have an idea. Let's do Summer Fitness 2000. And he had this idea for us to try and get more fit. And it was a good idea. And it's a good idea. It was a good idea then. It's a good idea now. You guys, come on, do it. Not only pass, but hard pass. Why on that? I do I do curls, Gordon. Isn't that enough? Twelve ounces curls at a time. with what? Beer cans? Yeah, twelve ounces at a time, man. It's keeping me uh, trim. I I'm serious about this, guys. I you know I mean so am I. <laughs> so I can't talk you guys into you know because I mean I'm I'm at a different stage in life than you are, but I I want you guys to 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 be fit. To be to feel good to, uh, to 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 you know last a long time and into the future. 
Well, appreciate your concern, Gordon. Thank you. But but you're not. No way, huh? You're you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome to do whatever. You want to do a little summer <laughs> challenge? Knock yourself right out. Touchdown. Every morning. Every morning. Ten times. Not you still do this? Now and then. No. But Why not? I do. Give that chicken fat back to the Do you remember it? Does it have specific the exercises that you have to do? Uh, this this just brings back memories to me. Sorry, when I was in elementary school, you know, and I and I don't really remember elementary school all that well, you know, because I was. If I don't know if I mentioned this to you, if I've mentioned it to you before, but I was captain of the safety patrol, and you know, I I have fond memories of my childhood, and that song brings them back to me. Good. <laughs> We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. We're no parents. Uh, bothered by those words being thrown their children's way, give that chicken fat back to the chicken and don't be chicken again. That's some good old-fashioned brainwashing to start the elementary day off with. That song was probably from the the 50s. I don't know, you know. Just just ridiculing little kids, you chicken fat. Get it into gear. Maybe that's why Gordon is the way he is. I don't know. Come to think of it, I don't know. It just screams of boot camp sound. <laughs> Stay tuned. Listen we're, here, maggot. We're going to get everybody. We're Come gonna on now. What's going Touch on? Touch those toes. Coming up next, uh, Spencer Cox was on the station. We'll let you hear that conversation next. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Everybody join in. Come on now. No, don't be chicken up.